Hi, and welcome to the Creatives of Habit podcast with me, Claire Gamble. In this episode, I'm talking to the wonderful Malcolm McLean. Malcolm has written a really funny memoir, which is called Freak Like Me, Confessions of a 90s Pop Groupie. In his book, Malcolm reveals how growing up, he would escape his small town in Surrey to follow his favourite pop stars around London, become a regular in the Top of the Pops audience, and also sneak into the Brit Awards, not just once, but three times. He's got loads of amazing anecdotes from hanging out with Posh Spice's mum, getting compliments from Beyonce and ditching Mel and Sue to go and schmooze with Cher. And then we chatted to Cher, like she ran down her window, got a driver to just park on the side and we chatted to her for about 20 minutes. In this episode, Malcolm talks about how valuable a writing course was to help him develop his craft, the process he went through to turn his idea into an actual book, what he learned about himself along the way, and of course, some of his favourite memories from his days of being a 90s pop groupie. Hi Malcolm, thanks for joining the podcast. It's all right, thanks for having me. Um, so just to start with then, um, please could you introduce yourself and what book you've written? Yeah, so um, I'm Malcolm McLean. I... I, well, my my main job is I work in um, higher education admin. Done that for years, but um, I yeah I, I really got into uh, creative writing um, a few years ago now. So twenty sixteen, um, I had this idea uh, to start writing a book about my teenage years. Um, my teenage years were spent sort of chasing around pop groups in the uh the late 90s and uh yeah some friends had always sort of um I don't know suggested that I write a book or something over the years and I didn't think I I, I would have loved to have done that and put the stories together I, I didn't have the skills um but yeah so I uh I, I did a writing course um at the time and then um I mean I can talk about that the whole process in a bit but yeah and then I released in um the end of 2019 my yeah my first my first memoir um uh, yeah freak like me confessions of a 90s pop groupie uh yeah so that that's that's my kind of like writing journey so far amazing and so you kind of talk me through the process then of kind of having the initial idea and you mentioned the writing course as well did you sign up to the writing course straight away or did you sort of start writing some of your memories or what was the kind of initial process of trying to start planning and thinking about the book so yeah to give a bit of background like my um my I didn't really have much writing experience at all which is why I'd sort of waited so many years and you know kind of it always been like this dream to do it but it seemed like I would never be able to do it and I'd have to get somebody else to write it for me and um yeah it started out like I kind of had a few conversations with friends and I had a big brainstorming session um with my sister um my older sister Anya she did a a, like a, a creative writing course a few years earlier and um yeah so she was helping me to kind of like map out like what the book would look like you know what what would the the narrative be like you know what would how, how would it all work and the, the timeline of it and stuff and I, I was I was really clueless to stuff like that like um so it, it felt quite overwhelming 
um, initially because I was thinking, oh, I was just going to write my stories down and that was that, you know, and everyone would just be so interested in in this timeline of, you know, who I met, where and when. And it, but you know, yeah, my 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 sister Anya was like, well, no, it no, it needs to, it needs to tell a story, and you know, what aspects of you are going to put going to be putting it and stuff. So she really helped me um, in those early stages um, with kind of, yeah, kind of doing these uh, these big, um, yeah, diagrams with all these kind of different things shooting off it and stuff to try and work out how to do it. And then, um, yeah, I was thinking of starting. Up uh, to, to write a blog initially I was going to write a blog and um, I thought I put I'd put all my efforts into doing that first um, maybe for like a year or so and I was gonna I mean I used to go to, so probably the standout thing was that I, I, when I was a teenager a young teenager I went to Top of the Pops like almost every week I just went all the time and I had all these stories and and I and I, and I, and I also had um, luckily <laughs> Because maybe, um, I don't know, like, there's like a real geeky side of me. I kept a timeline when I was younger of um, like who I'd met, where and when, which obviously like at the, the, I remember there was at the time, I kept it a secret, but some of, the, some of my friends, I think one friend came over one day to my house in the, in the late 90s and saw it and was like, what the hell are you doing? What is this? This is so embarrassing. And then I, I stopped doing it. But luckily I've got this, I had this huge record of it, which if you're writing a, a non-fiction book, you know, all those kind of facts and stuff are like gold dust. That was amazing um, to, to like, to, to the fact that I still had that on a floppy disk at my parents in their loft. I had nothing to put the floppy disk in because <laughs> it's like completely redundant. <laughs> but like my, my dad helped me to do that so yeah amazingly we got that but so it was like I had all these the timeline of memories but I didn't I still didn't know what what to do with it and so I, I thought about writing a blog I I wrote I spent quite a bit of time on I just picked like you know one 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 kind of week that I went and all the kind of stories that went along with that um the, the kind of timeline of that day and um yeah, worked on it for quite a long time. And then I, I sent it to my older sister, Anya, and she um, and she read it. And I was like, I, I, I was just so interested to see her feedback, to have her feedback. And because I guess she's my sister and she can be really truthful. She just was like, the material is really great and it's interesting, but you, you really just need to learn how to write and like, <laughs> and, in, and also inject humor into it. Like at that point, I hadn't sort of found a way to kind of keep that balance of like telling the story, telling, uh, you know, the, the, the unique selling point, which is all the stories of the pop stars I met and chased around and all these, in, you know, interesting anecdotes, but then the aspect of me into it and, um, and, and the humor, it needed, it needed humor. And I hadn't, I hadn't found that then. So she, my, Anya suggested I do a, a writing course. Um, and obviously there's so many out there to do, like, I mean, and living in London, it was like, you know, there's just tons of options. And most of them are um, fiction writing courses, you know, how to, how to, how to write um, a novel. Um, but then there was, there was some that were, uh, yeah, uh, non-fiction, and I ended up picking 
um, yeah, I took Anya's advice. It's just like the best advice I've ever had in my life um, to do this. And I picked narrative nonfiction course um, at City University in London. Um, yeah, which is taught by a guy called Peter Forbes, who's like an ex-journalist. And he is just incredible. Like, he, the, like I mean, and the feedback of anyone that has done that course is just like, he, he's just, there's something amazing about that guy the way that 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 he can bring the best out of people so yeah it was I mean it was only like a you know a 10 or 12 week course I did um in autumn 2017 but uh yeah it was like there was a huge not a huge reading list but there was like quite a lot of books that were recommended you know non-fiction books to help you with it and stuff and because I hadn't studied for years since when I went to university it was like sort of early to mid noughties um and it was yeah it was a bit daunting but I, I kind of like really dove into it and and read a lot of those books um in in the prep for it so yeah that was how I got to the the course and and that part of the writing process which that that just changed everything for me amazing and um a couple of things to sort of ask around that as well so you mentioned about um, when you first of all shared some of your work with your sister and she was quite truthful to say it's great. <laughs> it's got yeah. potential, but you need to sort of work on your writing and sort of inject that humour as well. Mm. Um, I'm sort of talking to you like you are very funny and you're very um, chatty and you've got a great kind of personal tone of voice when you're speaking. How did you what was the sort of process in trying to get that onto the page? Because I think you succeeded really well in that and I know people who read the book have said oh it's really funny and I would say well Malcolm's really funny <laughs> like that's sort of <laughs> him and I think obviously because I know you I can hear the book when I read it in your voice yeah um, but the, it, I think for, for maybe like a non-writer it maybe sounds like an easy thing to do to basically replicate how you would talk yeah. or how you would ex- like tell a story verbally versus mm. how it's on the page like what was the sort of process that you went through in order to try and get your tone of voice and the right sort of tone of voice for writing mm. um I I did I, I I did get quite a bit of help in that aspect um from my my boyfriend Matt he's he's not a writer he's an architect but like he is a funny guy. <laughs> um, you know, I hate to admit it, but like he is very funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he 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 is, and 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 he, you know, was so supportive of me and and helped to to read through my thing. Uh, you know, the, the kind of anecdotes I'd had and stuff. And he would say he would look at something and be like, Malcolm, there's there's a, there's an obvious joke in that bit, or what that story even though he's not really into pop music and stuff, he'd be like, that's, that's really interesting, but this is the funny bit. You know, this is, this is clearly the fact that, I don't know, something happened or, you know, it was just the most random celebrity or whatever, you know, kind of Z-lister. And I would think that was like, um, that was kind of irrelevant to like the main thing. Oh, well, I, you know, then I went to go and meet this band. And he's like, no, the fact that you, you know, bumped into Doc Cotton and she asked you to take you to Tesco or something, that is the really funny bit outside the gates of Top of the Pops or whatever. And and I, and so all these little, I don't know, I mean, 
there's there's loads of little bits like that or you know anecdotes with with friends where he was like this is just the the you know the instead of just saying we waited outside the gates there was like the, the you know the the awkward embarrassment between teenagers and all that kind of thing that goes on and so with a few kind of tips from him it was like suddenly I could look at the rest of what I'd written critically and think that is that is that's boring or or that whole thing is just really factual it's like you know I don't need to add in like that that song got to number 17 in the charts we didn't you know it, all, all these kind of little bits like you know okay some of that still ended up going into it because like I that's just me but but I was able with that bit of guidance to inject the humor in and so I would say it kind of all happened around the same time as starting the course um definitely helped reading other people's um books so like not the non-fiction books I read like they're really different to each other you know like there was um what's the one so um what's it called behind um what's it called behind the beautiful forevers or um it's, it's um set in a slum in India um and um a lady lived there for like quite some time sort of studying all the people that lived there and the dynamics between people like it is I absolutely adored it and I would read it again and again but it's nothing like my book but there was stuff that I got from that just in terms of telling factual kind of anecdotes and things and then I would also read um you know memoirs by like um kind of comedians or you know um yeah like um I don't know kind of uh radio journalists and things like that so but some of those some of those definitely helped me um the ones that do have interesting stories to tell where they inject the humor I could kind of see how how to do it myself um and 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 to be that like kind of self-deprecating like that's if you're telling a story about your youth if you're writing a, a book about your teenage years if you can't make fun of the, those kind of times and laugh at it then it's like I don't think people will be able to relate to it because there's so many things that we all cringe at that we did back then and that's what I kind of was able to do and and then each week on the course um, where every other week or so we'd be set an assignment and then you know we'd read them out in class and even just like not just the feedback that um, Peter Forbes gave us but uh, our teacher but the the other students that they would be writing completely different um, non-fiction books to me or some of them were just doing the course to help with their writing for their company or um you know various things like that but this, the 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 anecdotes that they would say and their writing styles it, it all just built up it was like everything just snowballed and i just found then that my flow of writing like the days where i would sit at home and say i'm going to spend this saturday writing like a chapter of my book or the beginnings of a chapter it it just everything worked so much easier once I had those tools and I found my style. That's really interesting. And I love how it was sort of that kind of learning process. It sounds like there was obviously different things. So you did the course and you had the great tutor. So it sounds like you found that very invaluable, but then the whole process of reading 
a wide range of other books, some which were very different to your own. Um, Mm. I love the fact that as well, like with Matt, him helping you, even though he wasn't a writer, but I guess having that reader who you trust and also him from maybe kind of a bit more of an outside point of view, because sort of reading your work slightly detached sounds like it was helpful. And then even um, reading and hearing other people's work and working Mm. because I'm doing the masters at the moment and that I find really interesting even though some people's work is a million miles away from what I normally read or what I yeah working on similar things to myself but it's Mm. part of that process and it's great how that all kind of helped guide you and drive you to creating something yeah yeah I would really really recommend that to anyone like studying if you can like studying some form of like creative writing if you do if you're wanting to write a book of some sort in a group environment where you can get feedback on your work but also hear other people's work because it wasn't just the humor that it brought out in mine and stuff it was you know there was a lady in my class who was writing a book on her grandmother kind of growing up um in in Malaysia and the kind of um like she was a uh, you know living this like concubine life over there and and it, it there was it and it had somebody like that and then there was a lady a Scottish lady who was um just writing a book on um um she loved to go walking um, with her walking group um around Scotland you know on her weekends and stuff and all the different characters in the group and she's such a funny funny lady and uh, you know something which you, you some people would look at and think oh, I'm not interested in hearing about that but she managed to find a way to make all these anecdotes and all these characters like you you kind of wanted you're like please write a story next week on these people because I'm already I'm already hooked on these you know interesting kind of characters and and stuff like that and and the humor of it so it was just like yeah the range of it was so so interesting and useful and I would do a writing course again I don't I don't even know if I'm definitely going to write another book I still do write kind of pieces at home just like for my own kind of like you know um just as, as a hobby like I don't want to like lose that skill in a way and and I just get enjoyment out of writing but I think I would definitely do another writing course like to um yeah one day just for that experience and to to be able to connect with other people like that again and get all and hear all their ideas something really really good about that yeah and I think because often writing is such a solo activity and so it can be quite Mm. lonely so I think anything you can do to kind of get a group and also that shared um kind of goal of writing something and improving something um I think it's really invaluable yeah and after the course we like because it wasn't that long um we carried on I mean some people kind of slipped away they they were like I'm done with the project now it's achieved what I wanted to do um but I'd say half or a third of the group of us we carried on in the beginning it was weekly and then it became you know fortnightly and monthly like just a writing group 
um, which we, you know, we'd met up, we'd meet up in a pub or a college somewhere in London. And it was, and, um, you know, everyone come after work and but it'd be like, you just still had that support where people would just read random things out and stuff. That was so nice as well to do with a, with a group, like to kind of carry it on. And we ended up doing that for about a year and a half or so. So yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, that's really nice. So when you did the course, then at what sort of stage was your project? And then how did you kind of take it on? And what was the process of actually kind of yeah finishing it? Because it's obviously a big project to complete. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> I mean, I. By, by the end of the course, because not everybody on the course was writing um, a book, but um, so. The, the kind of final piece that we had to hand in was for for though it was slightly different for those people not um writing a book but it was it was uh like a book proposal you know and, and what that would entail and um you know all there was all these kind of different criteria that we had to submit you know like an 800 word proposal and then all your kind of your 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 usps and i can't even remember the other elements to it but um uh, yeah like a synopsis chapter um summaries and stuff and I think compared to other people on the course like I would say that there were so many people on that course who were better writers than I am and they like uh, they're writing just they'd read it out and it some, some of them had just like really flowed and it was just amazing but I, I there's one thing that I was co- really confident on and I am confident in my writing now but I just know that they maybe it comes more naturally to them but um the one thing I was really confident on was like my idea and because I'd spent by that point a year and a half kind of honing it and working out what it was going to be so when that I knew that was the you know the final project of the course I was like yes I've got this nailed and stuff and it still took so much effort but when I handed it in it was yeah it was really good because you know it, Peter went through the different people in the class and then when he he got to mine and he was like this is like the most fully formed uh, book proposal and it yeah but it showed because I had been working on it for so long and I had this you know I was like I was on the course I was like to do that specific idea so he kind of used mine as an example of like he's like there's not that much I need to say on this one (laughs) it was really really nice so um yeah he was like I just think you're good to go he was like you there's there's nothing I can I can add to this because you he could t- see that I'd, I'd worked on it so much to like you know I'm not going to go with that angle this is the best angle and you know this is the best way to summarize it or whatever so that was brilliant it gave me that gave me a lot of confidence and um yeah so but I what I then had to do was I spent the first, the first few months of 2018 just um putting together um the first three chapters um because I was going then I would send that out to um agents and things and trying to get um a deal and it was really deflating because I didn't get anything um and then I thought well I'll try um I'll send it directly to the kind of independent publishers um smaller places you know and I, I was like 
I, I knew that my book was niche, but I also had, I, I had confidence or I, I felt confidence in the fact that there's a lot of people of our generation who grew up like, you know, it's not just about meeting pop bands. There's so much about that time in it. It's kind of the, the I don't know, like that, that point in history, like being a young person or a young adult, uh, you know, through the, you know, the nineties and, and early noughties, I think I, I really thought it would, you know, speak to people and they would be able to connect with it. But I, but I also knew that it was, you know, a niche thing in a way. And um, so, yeah, I mean, and then I did get some good feedback from some of the people um, and, but I just, I just couldn't quite secure anything. And that was quite a difficult time for me. I, I remember feeling really deflated, like around sort of spring, 2018 where it was like now what am I going to do I spent all this time on this project and what am I how am I gonna I was so determined I was like I just I really want this project to go out there and I didn't care how I did it then but I really just wanted to do it so I looked into the kind of self-publishing route I went to the the, the kind of thing, like the market leaders like Matador I went to their self-publishing conference in Leicester and met, you know, networked and met all these people at that. And that, even that was a really good experience. It was really interesting, all the seminars and things and kind of finding out how their process works. And then it, around the same time, I, I kind of got accepted by um, Unbound who do sort of, um, it's like hybrid publishing um, and somebody there sort of yeah kind of connected with the project and wanted to meet with me and stuff but that's a crowdfunding thing and so there's a big chunk of time you basically sort of spend you stop writing for a year and you put in their words it was like you know you put every ounce of your kind of effort into asking friends and family and random sort of for the money for this project and I, I, I do get the their kind of model but I and I and I think it, it works for certain things um the price was quite high for for what you know especially that you know they wanted it to be a hardback and it's even more for a hardback and things like that I was like my book is like a it's a it's a Christmas present book you know I just I wanted it to be paperback and stuff but anyway I, but I also just didn't want to stop writing for like a year to just do the fundraise, the, the crowd, the crowdfunding thing. So in the end, and, and I, but I got a call from another hybrid publisher, Red Door, um, like based in Sussex, and somebody there um, is like who's uh, just I don't know about five years younger than me. She just absolutely got the idea of it, and she was like kind of just going on about it to her bosses at the at the small publisher saying this book is like amazing we need to take this on or it's really funny and it, uh, so many people are going to connect with this or whatever and I don't know she she believed in it so I ended up meeting with them and and yeah and 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 they took it on it is it's hybrid publishing so I I did have to pay 
a chunk of money myself for it and then I get some you know earnings back from from the sales of the book um but so it wasn't it didn't turn out the way that I initially thought it would and there are some people on my course um like the lady was writing about her Malaysian grandmother and stuff just the most beautiful stories but because she couldn't um get a uh, an agent deal she kind of was like changing her idea and I, I don't know it's all gone quiet but um but but I just uh, I, I, I all of us really wanted her to continue with it and I didn't want to stop so I to me it was just like I'll find someone I'll find a way to do it and it suited me and it worked fine I guess you know one of the best things about doing the hybrid thing was that I had a lot more control over um, what the book was going to be. I was worried that people would say, okay, so um, you've got all these other bands in it. Can we just make it about the Spice Girls? Because that was what sells money. Or um, can we make it more international because it's very UK based? I was really worried about those kinds of things. And um, Red Door just, they, they gave me a lot of free reign to just do what I wanted. So it worked for me. And you've obviously gone on such a journey as well to explore different um, sort of paths to publication. Um, but I love the fact yeah. that you were so kind of in love with your idea and so confident with your idea, which you should be as well, because it's just, I love it. Um, and it sounds like all that, that kind of help and support that you've had along the way helped to give you confidence. So I love the fact that what you were saying as well about you just wanted to write it you just wanted it to be and because you worked so hard on it um so I think that's brilliant but when it came to sort of writing it then so you've kind of had the initial thing initial few chapters done and a bit of a plan of of it and then when you actually mm. had to get all those words down yeah. how how did you approach that were you quite um strict with your routine did you sit down every day to do a bit of writing or was it kind of peaks and troughs or how did you approach that I mean it kind of it felt although it was really different because I'd done the writing course then and then I'd kind of by that spring I'd sort of signed the papers with Red Door and they were like right give us your you know first draft by um late summer or like uh and and so I had like a timeline and everything but actually because I'd started writing my stories down in some form from like, you know, earlier, like spring 2016, I'd, I'd already had quite a long time where I'd sort of spent, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, like dedicated to, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll come out in the evening, but I'm just going to spend all day at home and be really strict about it. Um, and just sit there with my, with my like work laptop in our lounge. And I would sort of have, sometimes I would just have silence. Sometimes I'd have, I, I really like, so it sounds ridiculous, but because um, this is what really, really worked for me because I was, in order to write a memoir, I had to kind of regress back to who I was at the time. I was able to do it, not just because I had a list of, pop bands I'd met but because I had diaries and stuff I had a lot of things that I'd written at the time um memorabilia and all this stuff that 
was like help to give me the timeline so I would remember oh yeah so we did that on that day and I was with these people and but in order to make the stories come together I had to really revisit that time in my life and so it was like if I was writing the chapter on I don't know like mid to late 96 I would spend those two weeks or whatever listening to the music on I had a playlist that was like my sort of pop music from mid to late 96 and it really helped me <laughs> because I guess the the subject of my book but it, it it if I listened to those songs it took me back to you know that whatever year it was at school and I could really kind of remember things and stuff and then later on you know I'd be writing about summer 99 and I would do the same and it, so those were kind of like weird things that I did but um that worked for me but yeah I would um I kind of like I would I would start to sort of do like the skeleton version of each chapter like bef I would start each chapter by having like the main points that I was going to cover in it and they didn't all make it or you know it got changed along the way but I would have those and then I would kind of pick the easiest ones first I'd be like I really really remember that anecdote so I'm going to write something on that and it would just all flow out and and then and then I would you know kind of pick another bit and then and then I would be like, okay, so how am I going to join these anecdotes together? Because I can't just have a book of anecdotes. And that's where some of them would be like, well, this one is irrelevant. So, or, or that one I could scale down. I spent, I'd be like, I spent three hours writing that or more and it's going to be scaled down to two sentences and I would just have to accept it. Like, but it was just, you know, trying to even just condense all this kind of like, you know, stream of, consciousness that I'd, that I'd written about about all, all those stories and to make it into a chapter I found that really difficult and I did get um quite that's that's where um I, I did get some help from my boyfriend Matt and there was a couple of other friends who they looked at not that many chapters but um not as much as Matt but just just with that kind of outsider's eye so they could look at it and say these these two don't join up together or like I, I really get you want to tell the story but it just feels completely irrelevant and then once I kind of had a little bit of outside help with with the kind of once I'd written sort of my version of the chapter then I'd sort of I, I would I would leave it and I'd move on to the next one because I had these deadlines. I couldn't just sort of leave. I would have to just keep carrying on. So I'd be like, okay, right. Uh, go to chapter 11 now. And then I'd get in the zone with that. But I would, every time I was writing a chapter, I would leave it. And it was so tempting to just carry on with it, but you really need to just sort of have some space away from something. And then if I went back to something, say like two weeks later, even you know, a bit more than that, you'd go back and it was like reading something completely afresh and you, you just, you'd see it. And, you, and it was like, you're almost like you're reading someone else's work a bit and, and you'd be like, this is rubbish or, or that bit could be funnier. That, that needs to be snappier. And um, so I, I definitely, I found doing, like spending a chunk of time on a chapter after doing the kind of skeleton sort of structure of it, and then just leaving it, but revisiting it and tidying it up, just it's really felt like the best way for me. What I really like about that is it sounds like 
because you had the deadline in a way that was keeping your momentum going to kind of carry on and get through the chapters but also as part of that in a way I guess did you almost not have time to worry about like ah is this good or not because anyway you did go back and like you say you do get that distance from it don't you and it's almost like you forget that you've written it and you can critically look at it to spot what can be improved so did that help just in terms of making sure that you had that momentum to carry on through it because you knew you'd go back and improve it and you knew you had to get through the different chapters and through the word count yeah I um so honestly 2018 was really manic I remember it because you know the start of it was like okay I'm gonna try and you know get those three chapters I've got all the skills to do it now and it was and then it was finding somebody to take it on and then them being like, okay, right, here's your deadline. We want you to finish it by then. And then we're going to be do- doing all the kind of edits and reviews of it by various people kind of giving their comments on it and stuff. And it was like, then, yeah, it, it did help having that deadline. I, I think maybe I pushed myself too far and it, I, because I'm not like, um, because I'm, I'm employed full time and stuff like I would be doing it every lunchtime, you know, most lunchtimes I would do it like in the library at, at work, you know, at the uni I worked at and stuff. I'd be doing it after work and then I'd be doing it weekends sometimes. And, and it would, it was like, okay, I need to write this new chapter that's not done. And then it'd be like, okay, you know, had a, can have a breather, have a night out. And then it'd be like, no, cause I need to edit that one. And, and I, I think just like, I would say like, yeah the the timelines can be um deadlines can be really good in order to get it done but they but you you just have to be realistic and like there's so many other elements that like go on in life that you need to it has to be realistic you know especially if you're trying to balance you know working like everyone's got things that you know balancing like what whatever's going on in their life it's like there's no no one person just has this one project and that's the only thing that they have so it's it's yes yeah, finding a balance um I did um yeah I had so I had a spreadsheet this again you can see like this geeky side with me kind of carries on but um I had a spreadsheet which like kind of developed over time and like from like 2017 onwards and in 2018 so much of my life was like if I wasn't writing then I was sort of procrastinating by looking at the spreadsheet and I'd I I would it'd be like um what the word count was for each chapter and like which ones haven't been started and based on all those different numbers they would you know the spreadsheet would automatically highlight them like red and green and like this one is urgent and all this kind of stuff this one's not even been begun and that kind of helped me it helped push me on um yeah so it's like I've put, yeah, there's a picture of that on my like book instagram even there's you know amongst all the kind of um other pictures or whatever like from the, the relevant to the book but that was something about the creative process for me that that did help to spur me on like I would look at it and be like I can't bear that there's nothing written for chapter 13 yet so I'm gonna like plow on with that and then in, in the the the, le- the the later parts of 2018 going through the edits it was weird because like I still used the spreadsheet but it was like the opposite it was like the aim was because the book was so over the word count <laughs> it was like I can't even remember what it was but it was like 
um, I don't know, maybe 130,000. And then the publisher were like, we want it to be 80. And I got it to 95. And so it was like, there was this competition then it was like uh, with myself like how how much can I cut out like without cutting out the good bits but being really critical and then leaving something and then coming back and then cutting out a bit more so it was like it was I had to kind of not do the process in reverse but it was like it was it was a really strange thing to be like yeah this is way too long and I need to cut all the stuff out but I don't know maybe sometimes that's just part of the process like you, you know nobody wants to just read a ridiculously long book if it doesn't need to be that long so yeah it just shows you like how many different skills are involved <laughs> as well so even from so obviously writing is very creative but yeah. you've kind of created some tools and processes to add sort of logic and structure to it like with the sort of the spreadsheets <laughs> that process of cutting things down because I get that as well sometimes if I'm writing short stories and I'll write a short story which is like 3,000 words but then I want to enter it into a competition but the words are like 1,500 words and I want to go like the number of times you go and at first it's like oh I'll get rid of that word I'll get rid of that word and then you're like I've got to get rid of sentences because you're not oh I'm in paragraphs Mm. and trying to condense things down it's and I think that's a real skill isn't it to want to say in the way you want to say it but with it's kind of like as as few words and make it as lean as possible without losing that kind of beauty and magic yeah definitely cutting it cutting stuff down and then like reworking things like there was a lot of well there was various instances like so I kind of it was like in the most difficult year where I was trying to write the book um it was like sort of spring 2018. I was like, oh, it's coming up to 20 years since um, Ginger Spice left the Spice Girls. I was like, I've got all these stories. I was there like the week that she left and I saw her the, the last thing and all these kind of stuff. I was like, I've got such a good idea for an article or whatever. So I went to, you know, a few different publications and Vice um, were like, yeah, okay, we'll take this on. Um, and I had to give them an example of some of my work. And so I was a bit like, oh yeah, here's some things I've written. It was like things I've just done on my course because I'm not a, you know, I'm not like a published writer and stuff. And they were like, yeah, like like your writing style. Okay, do this thing. And because I'd already written the chapter on that whole time, I think I thought that even that process would be really easy. So I would kind of like submit something, and they were like, okay, but what's the what, what's the what's the angle to this? And then I think, okay, right, so I'll find the angle, and this is what it's about. And and they would and they just kept. I mean, it was it was it was really good practice for me, but it was so much harder than I realized to write an article. There's like there's a, a definite skill set to that that that's completely different to writing like a chapter for, from a memoir. And I thought I could just maybe just like, you know, turn edit that and then and sort of it would be that would just, you know, work as sort of really not 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 having to do too much work to it and it was like complete almost completely rewritten you know in terms of all the other bits that had to be added into it and the angle about the group now and the relevance of it and stuff and so much work went into that and that was like on top of everything else in 2018 and the you know it was good like you know the article went on vice and like so many people read it or whatever and and although you know I didn't I didn't have a book to promote then it was just very good um for I don't know just to kind of give it a bit of momentum so but it was just another that was just another new skill that was like much more difficult than I thought it was going to be 
but that's great though that you actually did that and sort of you've got the different skills as well like with journal sort of journalism mm-hmm. and the memoir writing um when it came to because obviously it is a memoir did you have much kind of like internal discussion debate with yourself kind of around how much of yourself you put into it so obviously it is a memoir but were the how did you approach that as a person because that's one thing that I always find quite interesting with memoirs and first person accounts of things because obviously you don't necessarily want to share like every single thing about Mm. everything um did you find that quite was it quite a straightforward process or did you find yourself sort of self-editing or did you write some stuff in and then no, that's too personal or or did it not really come up as part of the process? I think it helps. It helped that I am a very open person <laughs> and I, I don't know, I, I just, yeah, I, I share a lot with like, you know, my close circle of friends and stuff and I'd always talked about, you know, I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't talk about those stories very much, but when I, over the years, but but when people would, you know, we'd be drunk at a party and then someone would say, oh, you know, Malcolm used to meet all the Spice Girls and All Saints or whoever. And then someone would ask me a question, I'd get on the subject and I'd tell a few anecdotes or whatever. But I would sort of tell some of the bits of like, oh, and then this really embarrassing thing happened. Or we got thrown out and then this, you know, I wouldn't edit it and make myself sound really good I always felt like the embarrassing stuff was just part of those anecdotes but um I guess one thing that I didn't realize writing the book and this is something that my my sister Anya helped me with in the early stages was about because I was very heavily bullied at school um which is you know turns out like through writing this process I've realized is the is the main reason why I turned to following all these pop stars around and become making that my life for like, you know, um, a lot of my teenage years. And uh, so, but, but I hadn't really thought about that. I just thought I'm going to be telling these anecdotes and I'll be, you know, laughing at myself a bit along the way. And then, you know, and he said, well, how much about, do you want to reflect on that and the bullying and you know and and then it did open this can of worms and the book became like therapy (laughs) in a way um but I I kind of accepted that not accepted because I didn't have to do it but I I made a decision to to include like quite a few examples of that or elements of it not so it was like you know oh it's a misery memoir and you know kind of I'm not saying that there's no place for books like that and that's only an expression that I've heard like about um some you know books like that but um but I just I think it having that like vulnerability um to my book although you know it doesn't it's not it's nothing to do in some ways with meeting all the pop stars or whatever or the famous people that happened at the time and all the funny pop groupy stories it adds to it because it gives it the depth you know it's like well why was I doing it or like what was my life like what was my home life like people you know it got, got me thinking yeah people would you know you spent all this time in London traveling up you know, on the trains like after school or whatever but it was like but what was the home life like and it's surprising like how much of the book actually is still set in like 
suburban Surrey, like where I grew up, like where in my eyes, like not much happened at all, but it was really relevant to the story and the kind of, you know, the, the bullying aspect and stuff. So I just decided that I would be as open um, as I, you know, as, as was necessary. And um, yeah, there were times I remember one time where I was writing about something where people were not accepting me at school. I remember like I was, I dedicated like the whole Easter weekend to writing and stuff like, and I was in floods of tears. Like I, I, I went, something in me took me back to that time where I thought, why did I get treated like that? Why? And it's weird. Like I was so upset. And I remember I snapped out of it after like, 10 minutes and then it was gone but it was it's so strange how it it took me back to that time and um you know it was just that was just something that happened but it was um it yeah I think I I think it's I I found it really useful to to include elements of the kind of yeah the the fun things and the kind of really crap things that happened back then and it's all and it's all part of that like the st- what makes it a, a complete story I think yeah yeah and I think it's really lovely as well and it's um like you say it, I think as a writer in general you are always quite vulnerable because you, you put in kind of like your thoughts and your passions and your interests or whatever on the page whether it's sort of fiction non-fiction mm. but obviously when you're doing a memoir there's that extra level of like vulnerability and openness um did you find quite cathartic as a process or tapping yeah definitely did um yeah I just because some because I didn't really tell that many stories about pop star experiences whatever over the years to people unless they asked about it like I never and all my memorabilia and stuff sat in my parents loft for about 20 years like um or maybe a bit less than that but like untouched it was just like I never really looked at it never got it out it was like that's up there you know I'm not gonna get rid of it but like um I have no reason to uh, like it's not my life anymore and um but there was something really cathartic about it was difficult revisiting it and it was like draining because you have to you know be like okay I've had a long working week and now I'm going to spend my week I'm choosing to spend my weekend regressing back to who I was as a teenager and all the complexities of that in order to get it all down and remember how I felt and stuff so it was like exhausting but um the the most unexpected thing about it was that it made me understand myself like you know writing a memoir like understand myself more about where I was at that time and I I kind of understand why I did it you know things that were going on at home things that going going on at school and and where I was with my sexuality that's a big part of it um you know kind of the, the the times back then like were like they were really really different to how they are today and like living in suburbia it was it was not great like being like someone that everyone thought or knew was gay and 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 so um but but yeah amazing thing about like unexpected thing about the book is like I learned that um I I learned why I did it all like why I spent a a number of years of my life having these really fun experiences but it would be like if people said why did you do it until I wrote the book I couldn't really tell anyone 
I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I didn't know. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, that, that was very, yeah, cathartic, yeah. Yeah, when you mentioned earlier about um, your sister sort of working with you and helping you work out what the narrative was as well, did the process of actually writing it and kind of you realizing what the kind of the bigger picture was of those kind of the pop star stalking days, how that kind of fitted in within your life, did that kind of have, um, did that help shape the narrative and the way that the story was presented? It did change a little bit, like there, yeah, there were, there were some bits, um, I don't know, yeah, there were, there were bits where I, I thought um, as I kind of, I don't know, like that I was going to include about certain friendships that I thought, you know, really changed my life at that time. And that that was really relevant to the book because it was to do with um, my sexuality and the kind of like the, the, the moving towards kind of coming out, which happened just after where the book ends, basically. But um, but yeah, there were aspects of it where I thought that doesn't need to be in it. Um, but I would say other than those few things, the all the brainstorming, and I still got the diagrams that I did with Anya, like in a cafe, like near Brick Lane one day where she just like gave up her Sunday and like helped me do all the stuff. And I was like, please help me. I don't know what to do. And uh, I've still got them all. It's like, you know, and there's bit, you know, I look at it and I'm like, what was that idea? You know, like it, it, there, there were ideas about what the book should be that were quite different I can't remember them all I'd have to look at it but they were quite different to how it turned out it wasn't not all of the kind of suggestions of routes to go down that we explored were like about um you know kind of growing up and um I don't know like kind of telling my story about being bullied and stuff. I don't know like it, it, it was yeah it was um there were a few different kind of suggestions of how how to do it but yeah kind of once I'd stuck with it it didn't change too much yeah so you did a lot of planning up front um just a couple of things to finish on then so um just for people if they've not read the book um what's your favorite kind of pop star anecdote that's in the book it's funny because I did so many like interviews when the book was like coming out, which again was like another skill that I wasn't prepared for. I know that's not a writing skill, but like um, going on, like I did so many like local radio interviews and some like couple of national ones and um, yeah, like various things. And yeah, people like, I've been asked this question so many times and I don't know, sometimes I still find it difficult to like pick one because there's, they're all really different. Like I, I feel like there's some of the like the standout anecdotes and probably like this, you know, real standout like chapter would be like the one where me and my friends like break into the Brit Awards for the first time. So we did that three years running um, from when I was like, yeah, 15, uh, 16, 17, um, in, from 99. And we wanted to go so much. And, you know, we went days before and then we kind of worked out that we could sort of copy these passes of all these sort of crew members that we were hanging out with in the days before. And then went to my dad's office, created it. I, I, cre I literally created it. He gave me a day. He didn't know what we were doing. I did it with a friend on like Microsoft Paint. And imagine how limited it was at the time and then got them laminated and then wore them and we broke in and we like attended 
like the entire awards and went to an after show party and everything. But like, I feel like that is like a real, that, I don't know, I just, that I've got so many happy memories of those three years that I went to the Brit Awards, like with a fake pass that I'd made myself and all the adventures that kind of happened along with that. But then there'd be like other, I also really like the kind of, I don't know, more like lower grade anecdotes, like going shopping with All Saints or like getting on their tour bus. And then like, as a joke, we like told their driver that we were dancers on their, you know, on their tour and we, cause we were the first ones to arrive. And then we got on and helped ourselves to the food and drink. And then the band arrived and then the tour manager went absolutely crazy and t- told us to get off. And like the band thought it was really funny or I don't know, there's like just lots of little like, I don't know, like a bit waiting at live and outside live and kicking for Bewitched in like February 99 and not meeting them, but um, Mel and Sue, um, you know, who famous TV presenters now, but they like were kind of not really that big at the time. And they got out their car and came and chatted to us. And then we just, uh, we chatted to them for ages, got them to sign their names on the pavement outside television center. Um, just as a joke, because we used to do that all the time in Marker Pen. We actually got them to like get on the floor, on the concrete floor and do it. And then we were in the middle of talking to them still. And Cher, who was also on the show, like just, just like th- th- that was like random. The randomness of TV back then was like they had like Mel and Sue on it, Bewitch and Cher. And then Cher drove out, wound the window down. And we just all of us, us and some of the like Boyzone fans or something, we just ditched Mel and Sue for Cher for share and they were like who is that and they were like oh okay it's fine yeah it's share like we'll we'll let you just we'll, we'll be off now bye like and then we chatted to share like she went down her window got a driver to just park on the side and we chatted to her for about 20 minutes like i don't know what about we were telling about the brit awards and we'd seen her there the week before she had i think she really had no idea what the hell we were talking about but <laughs> So funny. And poor Mel and Sue as well, just leaving and signing the names on the you go schmooze with shirts. So my favourite thing about the Brit Awards as well is that you use Microsoft Paint to make the plastic. So I've still got some of them. Like we got them confiscated the first year and then we went back in because we had one, but that's like, I don't know, you have to read the chapter to like understand how that even happened. But we I've still got the ones from 2000, 2001. And it's not like they got better over the years. They are terrible. Like they are so pixelated and the lamination, just everything about them. People look at them, they're like, are these the real ones that you use? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at nighttime from a distance they look identical to the one the real ones but they are so bad like but it works and it's funny that you just can't imagine that anything like that work in these days (laughs) back in the day yeah it was like the last year we went was yeah like february 2001 and then there was like september 11th like later that year and i think everything just changed security wise after that so it was like that was the real kind of um yeah the final like farewell to the the the, the glory years of just like you know blagging your way in and people you know getting going to glastonbury and just jumping over a fence and then having a free weekend or whatever i think that was the it was the end of all of that <laughs> Definitely. Um, I would fully recommend everybody to go out and get the book because it's full of really funny stories all like that. 
Um, just one final question um, for anybody who's sort of starting out on a creative journey, if they're writing a book or another kind of larger creative project, what's the one piece of advice that you'd give them? Doing a writing course is the thing that made this happen. Like it never would have happened if I hadn't have done that. And like we've said, all the th good things that came out of that, you know, and the friends I met and the, 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 the experience, um, from that I think is just like invaluable but I I just yeah like be be clear on your idea like if you've got if you if if, if you've got an idea for like I mean I don't have experience of writing a novel maybe I'll do that one day I don't know <laughs> I'd have to do another writing course and like you know add you know add all those skills to to, to my set but like but yeah I would say that be, be clear on your idea and you know you can you know map it out like you know like I did with this, you know the kind of um synopsis and chapter summaries and stuff because I yeah I just think you you need a clear plan like you need the skills to do it like I did from having a writing course but like yeah make sure that you've got a plan and it will help you to to carry on you know writing and and, and reach those deadlines but it'll give you something to aim for like you know have that clear idea in your head and even if it gets tweaked along the way um i think like just the idea needs to be just quite clear and if people want to find you online or on social media where can they go um so yeah like i'm under mal mclean on uh, Twitter and uh, yeah my book Instagram is fruit like me book and so it's just yeah there's like so much stuff if anyone has read the book and they just want to see any extra things like um, it's all on there there's like embarrassing videos from like top of the pops and just like the most um, you know ridiculous pieces of memorabilia and whatever is, is on there so um, yeah like that's where a lot of people kind of message me and say that they've read it and really enjoyed it or whatever it's, 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 it's quite a nice thing to keep um, as like you know it came out a while ago now but I still get people adding me on there or just sending me like really nice messages and I love it so yeah <laughs> brilliant well thank you so much I've loved speaking to you um, so thank you yeah it's been really good thank you for listening to creatives of habit if you enjoyed it please subscribe or leave a review you can also sign up to my substack newsletter creatives of habit by claire gamble